the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke in those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth and when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and she exclaimed with a loud cry blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remnants of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. The Gospel of the Lord. We're in the season of Advent. This morning we, we lit the candle of joy. Uh, our pastor has led us uh, the past couple of weeks in a season, in a time of preparing our hearts and preparing our homes to celebrate once again the birth of the Christ child. Let me just open with a prayer. Lord, thank you uh, for these good people and an opportunity for me to come before them and share. I pray that you would speak to them. I pray especially this morning, Father, for those that might be a little discouraged, that this message of joy might be a little bit difficult for them to get their arms around. I pray that you would touch all of our hearts that we would hear what you want us to hear, and that I wouldn't get in the way of anything that you want to say or do um, through this message, Father. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. What are one of the earliest Christmases that you can remember? It'd be really interesting, we don't have the time, it'd be really interesting to share and, and hear some of your Christmas stories, just how far back you could go. And what was it about Christmas that made it special? For me, probably my first really significant Christmas, I was about six or seven years old. I was living up in the mountains with my mom and my sister, 
Um, we were living with a, a, a great aunt and a great uncle uh, at a farmhouse in the North Carolina mountains. And it was always cold at Christmas time. The air was crisp, and it was just an exciting time for me. I, I couldn't wait for it to come every year. My aunt, my great aunt, would start baking about the first week of December. And she would bake gingerbread and spice cakes and fruit cakes and cookies. And you would come into her kitchen from the outside, and it was warm, the wood stove was burning and it was warm, and you could smell cinnamon everywhere. It sounds like a perfect situation, doesn't it? But it wasn't. Because we were not allowed to eat any of the Christmas cakes or goodies until Christmas Day. I'm a scarred man. I'm still kind of <laughs> trying to work through that. So you can see, as we got closer and closer to Christmas, my, my, my anticipation just got bigger and bigger and bigger and better and better. Not just for the presents, but for the fruitcake and the gingerbread and, and all those things. Um, about a week before Christmas, we would go up on a Saturday afternoon, up on the side of the mountain, and we would cut down a Christmas tree. Now, it wasn't the perfectly shaped Christmas tree that all of you all have become accustomed to. Uh, it was usually a, a red cedar or a white pine, and it was pretty scraggly. I told the people in the first service, I said, it's about the closest thing to a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that you can possibly imagine. And one person came up to me, one young person came up to me and said, I don't know what a Charlie Brown Christmas tree is. Oh, that's sad. But um, uh, go back and look, look it up. Our Christmas tree was not a model of perfection. But you, I, you, you couldn't approve that through me. I thought it was perfect. Um, this particular Christmas, we had had a couple of snows. Um, I was about six or seven, as I said, and I decided that I was going to wait up for Santa. I was going to check him out. And so my bedroom was just upstairs right above the Christmas tree. And we had about a 12 by 12 grate um, in, in my bedroom floor that opened up down into where I had a perfect view of the tree. There was a window just to, to my left, and I could look out on the hay fields, and uh, that particular Christmas Eve, it was a full moon, and everything was white and sparkly and bright. And I hadn't been able to get my arms completely around this idea of Santa landing on the roof. So I sort of was thinking, well, he'll land in the field. That makes sense. But in case he didn't, uh, we had a tin roof. It was um, uh, not a lot of insulation in the roof. And I knew I could hear 
Kevin the reindeer on top of the roof. And as a last resort, I stood over the register at my post because I knew I had a direct line of sight down to the Christmas tree. And if he was going to put some gifts under that Christmas tree, I was going to see it. So as I stood there in the silence and in the cold, I began to hear a soft cry coming up from the Christmas tree. And I listened a little bit, and then I realized it was my mom that was standing by the Christmas tree crying. I think maybe she had been putting a couple of gifts by, uh, under the tree or whatever. I don't know what she was crying about, but what I do remember is how helpless I felt. I so wanted to make her happy. I so wanted to wipe the tears from her cheeks, but they were, you know, as a six-year-old, there just wasn't anything that I could do. It was the first time in my life that I realized that Christmas is not always a happy season for everyone. In fact, the National Institute of Health has looked into this, and, and they found that in, in, in the Christmas season, uh, uh, hospitals, policemen, law enforcement officers, healthcare professionals, they're really, really busy. It is one of their busiest times of the year. And as they looked into the causal effects of that, they found two things, uh, two threads that tend to run through all of their stories. And the first one is that people have an unrealistic expectation and they have excessive self-reflection. Now, as I read that, I was reminded of something else that I had read uh, that I, we read uh, just about, I, mean, I got grandkids, so I read it every Christmas. So, I thought I'd share this with you this morning also. Every who down in Whoville <laughs> liked Christmas a lot. But the Grinch, who lived just north of Whoville, <coughs> did not. The Grinch hated Christmas. The whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why, because no one quite knows the reason. It could be that his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be that his shoes were just too tight. But I think the most likely reason of all may have been that his heart was two sizes too small. Have you ever met someone with a heart that's two sizes too small? The reality is that that's not that rare in our culture. We live in a world full of busy people whose hearts are in crisis. 
We live in a world of compressed and compact schedules. We live in a world with difficult jobs, or difficult bosses, or difficult employees. And along the way, people's hearts are broken. And loneliness sets in. And they feel isolated and all alone. I've lived long enough to know a couple of things. One, Christmas will be hard if you're looking for perfection. If you're looking for perfection in yourself, or if you're looking for perfection in others, Christmas will be difficult for you. Christmas will be hard if you spend too much time thinking about what could have been. And lastly, Christmas will be hard if you're caught up in a performance-driven life, worrying way too much about what other people think of you. You see, the problem with self-centeredness is that it isolates you, and it leads to loneliness, depression, anxiety, and fear. Focusing on yourself will poison your heart. It, it's like an acid that will eat your heart out from the inside. And you'll wake up one day and you'll realize that your heart is two sizes too small. So we've been reading in the scripture um, from the Gospel of Luke, a little bit about Mary's encounter with the angel and, and how she dealt with that. If, if you remember um, from the scripture, it says when, when Mary encountered the angel, she was greatly troubled. But as you read on in the scripture, you realize that she was able to turn that corner almost immediately. And then she was able to say, I will praise the Lord. I know my God cares for me. And I am his servant. Let it be to me just as you say. Well, that intrigues me. How was Mary able to do that? We, we know that Mary was well, raised in a Jewish family. We know all through her childhood, she had heard the promises of the Lord repeated by family, by rabbi, by uh, priest, uh, by older people that they did life with over and over and over she had heard the promises of God in Isaiah 96 Isaiah says he's, he's foretelling he's speaking into the future of the nation of Israel and he says for unto us a child is born 
and his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And Mary has stored these things in her heart. She had, she had settled all these issues in her heart. She lived with a settled assurance. And so, in that context, it's under, uh, understandable that she was able to reply the way she did. Because she knew God was good, she knew God was powerful, and she knew that God showed his mercy on those that loved him. Mary wasn't focused on herself. She wasn't focused on her way. She was focused on the promises of God. The second thing Mary did, we read this morning, she arose and went with haste to the house of Zechariah and Elizabeth. Mary knew that what the angel had spoke, what was, was about to happen to her, she knew it was going to be hard. She knew it was going to be difficult. And so she went and, and spent time with people that maybe were just a little bit farther down the road. Uh, Luke earlier in, in the chapter says, uh, Zachariah and Elizabeth were righteous in the eyes and the sight of God. Now, that doesn't mean that they were perfect. It just means they were two people trying to live honorably before God. And Mary knew that. Mary understood that was the kind of people she needed to be around. So, if you want to have a great Christmas this year, here's two things I would encourage you to do. First one is refocus. Take your eyes off yourself and focus on the promises of God to you and those that you love. The second thing I would encourage you to do is to reconnect. We weren't meant to live out this messy life by ourselves. We weren't meant to live on islands. That's why Pastor Paul and, and those of us that work here at, at, at um, Daniel Island Fellowship emphasize community and doing life together. You want to have a great Christmas? Reconnect. Reconnect to those that maybe are just a little bit farther down the road. Well, let's go back and check out the branch. Let's pick up this story. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from the storm. Say, 
that the Grinch's small heart grew three sizes that day. Christmas is the time to refocus, to take our eyes off of ourselves and focus on the promises of God. Christmas is the time to connect with others, people that can encourage you, people that can support you, people that will walk alongside of you in life. So now as Trenton comes, I'd like to just bless you with um, this, this closing prayer. Lord, we ask you this morning to help us keep our eyes on you. We know your word says in Proverbs 4.23, guard our heart. You have called us to guard our hearts because they are the wellspring unto life. So this Christmas, as we take our focus off ourselves, may we be reminded of your amazing love for us. May we understand that you have called us to take care of our hearts because it is an act of devotion to you. Father, I speak the richest blessings. I ask that you would, would be with my brothers and sisters and their families and their extended families and their community in this Christmas season. Father, I ask that you would do a miracle in our hearts. I pray that you would grow every single heart here this Christmas season. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.